0: About Illuminati, since the chart in the Ducks Is it Disney mind control? Is this MK Ultra Deluxe? I call Disney, Gonna up on a star I call no chinobar to chow Meaning your land, Pinocchio. I go Disney as the bomb so low Pinocchio seeks fun on Pleasure Island. Where traffickers need just falling mines. Captain Hook the lost boy in Neverland Saving kids from Peter Pan's designs. Mimo builds to survive the barracuda. Not nobody means no one so No, I never took another breath Bird, prince, the angel of death has come Go Disney We go from real to real Go Disney Bohemian rule and no more feel Go Disney Ask about Disney, the teacher called to everybody. I called Disney, who wish your partner's star. I called Disney, she no longer to justify. Oh, I called Disney, the new brand.
1: This show is not endorsed by nor affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All uses of Disney in the name and all uh, properties are prepared uses and educational only.
2: There we go. Getting legal. I like it. Okay. <laughs> it's the, you it I'm a lawyer now. Disney. I
1: don't know if you know that, but I just, I Googled some stuff and now I'm a lawyer. That's how it okay.
2: works. <laughs> How'd you pass the bar? Google. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, and I, apparently I found out my social security number is actually a bank account for some kind of Illuminati and I can just like take deposits directly out. I don't know if you've heard that before. They don't. I don't know if they have that in, in Japan, but in the U.S. when you're assigned a social security number, I apparently some people say there's like a magical bank account out there.
2: I have a magical bank account. Oh, not really. Uh, anyway, yes, where are we? This is Matt here. You're the Paranoid American. Hi, just getting those intros out of the way yeah we're still i'll be extra addle brain today i uh came in right as we started and in in nagano japan it's currently like uh let's do this in american temperature it's like 15 degrees so i only just turned my heater on so it's kind of exciting i'm i'm a live wire of ice right now
1: (laughs) this is also a decision that you made at some point in your life
2: it was the decision to run an errand before the podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) uh let's get into today's it's it's pocahontas which uh we we usually talk about how we first came across the movie i started it i was like not sure if i had seen it before after about 15 um minutes i was like i think i've seen it once but it was a high school date to the movie theater so maybe i didn't really see it so much
1: (laughs) was this a big movie and for high school dating
2: I went to, like, one or two movies every weekend, so, you know, it happens.
1: You just so, ran the gamut at some point? And I think I had a similar experience where I don't think I've ever seen this movie and paid attention to it. I'm sure it's been in the background more than a few times, but it was like, you know, someone else was watching it, or it was keeping, like, the kids entertained.
2: I mean, there's uh, was it the Colors of the Wind song. Uh, when my daughter is two or three, you know, Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, put out his, his cover album of disney tunes so you know i like the beach boys you know she was three i was like oh, i'll try this i i was pretty familiar with the 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 beach boys the version of that song but uh otherwise yeah it was the most it was relatively new to me
1: i like the connection here because i i would say that brian wilson is probably a good analog to pocahontas in a few different ways
2: oh okay i'm absolutely um curious about that please go on
1: <laughs> well i mean for his his natural talents, right? Um, and was essentially kind of turned, I don't know what words to, to use because I am putting this on YouTube too, but turned over to some sort of a servitude sort of arrangement where he would do the work and the money would come in and he wouldn't get necessarily a lot of the, of the money, yet he was out there entertaining the masses and making other people rich off of him. Boca has a very similar story where at some point in her life, she almost turned into like a, a circus sideshow act. It was like, look at what the, uh, you know, the civilized white man can do with even the greatest savage look, you know, she's almost dignified. She almost looks like a real person, you know, and that's London. How's that her. possible?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did take the tax yesterday of, um, we're doing a wiki dive on the the history i mean you know wiki you can always take a grain of salt or or put one in right so well i start uh, with
1: wiki and then i go to snopes if i want like the real hard-hitting info and then
2: that's pretty much where i stop wiki yeah i just wanted to come into pocahontas like with the you know general knowledge i mean i've read the history before it's just you know it's been a while so i thought i'd you know hit that up again um I guess in the past 10 years, I've been more fascinated by what they mentioned in here, the Cortez and Pizarro stuff. Um, I know Graham Hancock wrote those War God books about Cortez a few years ago, and I, I enjoyed those quite well. So that's more recently on my mind.
1: And honestly, there's some really, there's some angles there that I didn't necessarily get into with Pocahontas, because that's sort of like a the B plot, maybe even the C plot, like the whole gold thing kind of, like, it's the coolest aspect of what's happening in the movie, but it gets the least attention outside of being this driving plot for why the horrible colonists are there. But, like, the real story of when those, like, the original, like, Hispaniola-style Spain, uh, like, Spanish travelers got there to start establishing, like, the tobacco colonies, that was also when they they kind of came across all these, um, like, South American and Middle American, Central American... Sort of like practices that lined up with moloch and ball and all of these old sympathetic magic practices that they had thought were stomped out of existence for close to a thousand years at that point aside from like the highest of elite society and then they find oh my god these guys are doing the exact same thing that we heard that the, the ancients used to do and they only had two options and it was either there was some sort of original contact where someone had come to, you know, the, the Americas, the, the Mesoamericas and spread that or the option that they went towards is that the devil did it. The devil came here and he gave them the same practices just to trick us and make us think that there was a connection here or that the devil is so persistent that his like his practices and his rituals just pop up the same way in all over the place. I think that's the most fascinating aspect of it.
2: And there's just the pure greed of, well, if the Spanish have all that gold down there, I'm sure we'll be fine a little farther north, which was incorrect. Um, you know, I'm from Georgia. We have a bunch of red clay. There's no, you know, no gold in there.
1: <laughs> it's, it's an interesting concept to just, like, always be looking for gold everywhere you go, um, especially since, I guess, they make a good point here is that, like, the corn was kind of the gold. Uh, I thought that was that was probably the, the most deep and meaningful symbol in the whole movie. And it was it's definitely surface level. It's not like you have to go and get a Ph.D. to see it because it, she literally says like, oh, you mean this, this gold and offers the corn up. But I, I don't know. I thought that was a, a good metaphor.
2: I know. I know the corn, at least in Delmarva is quite good. It's good here, too. I've, I've been blessed with living in places with a uh, good corn. Well, I never lived in Delaware, but my family's there. So I visited a lot. And that, that is golden corn for sure but you probably I'm can't a corn sell it. Snob. The, Oh, oh, yeah, Delaware will do it for you and and Nagano here. Oh my god, we got you know neighbors at the, the there's a farmhouse, family farmhouse and the neighbors will pass the corn along and I guess we hand them some potatoes. They're still bartering up there more or less. So
1: <laughs> how how long has corn been in Japan?
2: Uh, oh geez. I would guess probably the 1870s cuz I'm going to think uh you know Meiji after America headbutted their way in. Although they could have had it earlier because the Portuguese hung around like about the time of Pocahontas. So maybe they had it longer. I don't know. It's kind of weird to think about, you know, when foods that you associate with different cultures uh, actually started doing it. I was just reading yesterday, like uh, Vietnamese pho soup is only from like the 1930s. Sushi, as you know, it's only like 100 years old because you need like proper refrigeration techniques and such
1: delivery i mean how and and mike i get microwave sushi most of the time so you don't have to worry about it being fresh okay that's cool
2: yeah you know i I live in the mountains so people here are like oh we don't really get great sushi but you know compared to most places in america even on the sea it's probably better (laughs) no my
1: sushi come like you add water and you put it in the microwave for like 45 minutes and it fluffs up and then and then you freeze it so that it feels cold
2: have we ever talked about the truly whacked food local foods here which um i have i have eaten um this will be them... like
1: the fifth time that you mentioned you've eaten whale sperm but go ahead. no no these are these
2: are these are local foods this is different <laughs> local uh, whale sperm have? sorry not the no, no, because no, this, this is the mountains we don't have the sea so there's a um, hachinoko which is a bee larva you can eat that it's a little bitter um it doesn't taste good i would say uh and then Inago, which is uh, soy-covered locust, which I actually doesn't taste bad, but when you have, like, bug legs in your teeth and they're crunchy and, yeah, I guess we're all gonna have to get used to them in 20 years, but...
1: <laughs> I mean, I was making an argument there day that that could increase human mobility again, because right now, like, the, the thing that prevents people from moving and being where they want to be is that you don't know if you'll find a job when you get there, and if you don't have a job, you don't have a, any food to eat, and then You know, you basically starve. That's like the ultimate, I guess, extreme, you know, scenario playing out. But if we just all normalize eating bugs and make bugs plentiful and start coming up with like ingenious ways to make bugs taste really good. Imagine if all of a sudden like having a food source was no longer even a consideration where you were going to go. You always knew that wherever you were going to be at, you could find bugs to eat and that it was a normal thing and that wouldn't gross you out because we've been doing it forever.
2: Well, then we'd be um, complaining about the soy cartels because everyone would be carrying around like a bottle of soy sauce in their pocket to make the bugs taste better.
1: <laughs> I'm okay with that on all new, like, Spice Wars?
2: Yeah, the Spice Wars. <laughs> okay, I like that. But um, I don't know, I mean... I That's how Star Wars it.
1: starts, right? Maybe it's because they were they all just wanted to season their bugs properly. And Dune too, right?
2: Well, Dune first, I was going to say. <laughs> um, I know, all I know. All
1: the, all the geeks out there were like, what about Dune? So I had to say that at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah. Star Wars on spice.
1: Well, they, he was a smuggler. They were basically smugglers, and I mean, I assume that what they were smuggling was spice.
2: Oh, they just I don't, they're not explicit about it, but they're smugglers. Okay. I assume Han Solo was trafficking people. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, that too. But but why? I mean, you think the cartels are just like, oh no, no, we don't, we don't do the the drug trafficking. We <laughs> only do the people trafficking, or vice versa. I think it's yeah. Like if if you've established the the, the logistics, like Amazon, like you're going to sell everything, not just books.
2: That's why Chewbacca's there. He's the enforcer. <laughs> oh God, I just made the Star Wars too much dark. It's always already kind of dark, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's got a dark side. I mean, they say it directly in the movie. Um. So anyway, back to back to Pocahontas. Um. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where this they thought this was going to be their next jewel in the crown. Um, I think we talked a little bit about during the Lion King where Lion King was mostly B team because all the A team, you know, uh, Mr. T, Face and Baracus, they they wanted to do this one. This was going to be the big follow up with the sweeping Broadway songs, which it it kind of has. But I'd, I guess that's my first question. Do, do these songs rate for you? Because I felt they were a little blander than the past yeah they don't
1: they don't rate and i don't agree with the lyrics so even even as they're singing them i'm just i'm just thinking like that's wrong no that's wrong no and that's also wrong so i can't like the paint with all the colors of the wind like i i get what they're trying to say but it there's like a condescending aspect of it first of all it's like can you paint with all the colors of the wind like what are you like bragging now? Are you trying to hold this above me that you know how to do some abstract thing that makes no sense? And then I also imagine, let's say you're you're John Smith, right? You fully integrate, they welcome you, at least in the context of this movie, and you learn how to paint with all the colors of the wind, right? Or let's just say that you're a badass and you already knew how. I'm so then she goes through the whole song and dance, and the whole point is that like you shouldn't have any right to this land, you shouldn't be colonizing, you shouldn't be knocking down trees you don't know how nature really works because you can't paint with all the colors of the wind but what if what if someone just showed up and they she does the whole song and they're like actually i do know how to paint with the colors of the wind and we're still going to take over your tribe like <laughs> it, it just it de- defeats the entire song the whole point it's such a weak point to make of like well do you have this secret knowledge because someone could be like actually yes i do have secret knowledge and i also have guns and and i think the guns versus the secret knowledge like it's it's not a fair fight
2: well uh, i'll reference again that there's a grand hancock books are a good read because they kind of get into that whole dynamic um you know you know i mean it's historical fiction whatever but uh i liked them enough i gifted them to my dad for christmas a few years ago so i guess that's my recommendation uh although one another thing that this movie doesn't touch on i mean i guess we're gonna be talking quite a bit about things that You know, are in the quote-unquote historical record that don't match here, but there is an idea that once these guys landed, they were basically in like a uh, apocalypse zone. You know, like eighty percent of the native population already been wiped out by disease by this point. So they're they're not entering like a stable society; they're entering Mad Max Land.
1: Yeah, and I guess in the movie, it's like the most they basically find the Garden of Eden untouched by. You know these horrible colonizers, and uh, and but there is one reference because so often I think that we like romanticize and like almost like, almost like make it infantile with the level of Native Americans, like they were all just going around and and sharing peace pipes and sitting in circles and like you know sharing plants with each other, but like they had inner wars, inner tribal wars, and. Uh, territorial disputes and you know and uh forced indentured servitude and every bad thing that was happening in every other part of the planet was also happening here and uh outside of one little line where i think one of the the indians is basically saying and I, i'm allowed to say indian because they say in the disney movie this is what they they call they call these the, the copper skins that's what they that they call them that too so these the copper skins but he mentions that like oh we're gonna you know we'll make we'll we'll defeat them all just like we defeated this other tribe so there's that one allusion to hey like we're actually also a warlike tribe in some contexts
2: yeah i guess my my context is uh growing up in georgia and I, i was a history dork so i wanted to learn about the 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 people who used to live there so what do we have um north georgia you got the creeks and the cherokees and then in the more distant past there's the etowah where you can visit a few mounds i mean they're nothing like the ones you can find in ohio or whatever but you know it's fun you know it's an interesting place to visit are you uh, very familiar with the uh, cherokee nation stuff
1: yeah i mean i mean georgia's not too far away from florida although and when you start looking at the native tribes of florida it's nuts there's like 50 of them and you can just, like, walk two blocks and you're in a different tribe again. Like, every every two blocks you walk around here.
2: Okay, they kept a little simpler in Georgia. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of, like, you know, splinters and weird lines. Because, again, they didn't necessarily have borders. But just for a even more screwed up situation is is the Cherokee Nation situation where they're like, okay, the Europeans are here. We will try to be like them. We're going to make our own little, you know, Congress and we'll have a capital and now we're building like proper houses to which they it's smart got...
1: i mean that's how you play Civ, right you come in contact with another nation you inherit all their technology tree and you start putting it to work and if you don't you lose the game pretty quick
2: well they lost it anyway because they all got booted out of those nice houses and uh congress buildings and, and it's i mean it's super small town stuff i've been up there but you know it's but it was clearly made in the tradition of okay we're gonna try and play your game and they got promptly you know death marched out to uh, oklahoma instead so
1: hey shout out to oklahoma it's very nice this time of year so who really won in that in that equation i think they might have made out
2: yeah yeah so if if you got like eight parkas to wear sure (laughs) as i sit in a cold room it's warming up my heaters on so i'm maybe talking less manically as we go (laughs) um one more thing sorry we got on a tangent but i was just going to throw out on the uh musical end like like i said none of the songs really stick and yeah the lyrics a few lyrics i was like wow you could really do this in 95 okay that's cool
1: like what what was one of the lyrics
2: i I guess i just felt like in the 90s even like throwing engine and the lyrics seemed a little weird you know Uh, yeah but i I think they were
1: purposefully doing like they were they were doing it in a way to say like look at how ignorant um like these colonizers are that they're they're saying these things but it was before a time when just saying it just to say, like, hey, these, these people that we're not, that we're criticizing, said this word. Now you saying someone else saying the thing is is also offensive. So, like, the rules are different in that way, I think. But it, I don't think it was flippantly done, and it wasn't done out of, like, being ignorant and not knowing about it. I think they intentionally used these words to kind of, like, drive in how how, I guess, flawed the characters are.
2: Yeah, it really make you, you know, like not view Radcliffe as a, a as a, uh, you know, okay guy in part. But I was gonna say there were a few segments, especially when uh, Pocahontas and John Smith first meet, where I did notice the score was really good. Like it, ten and was... twenty
1: four, by the way, in case anyone's doing the math. In that... in historical uh, ages, Pocahontas, when this movie takes place, is ten years old, and John Smith is twenty four years old.
2: Oh right, right. The, the, that's one bit of historical accuracy, which it's probably best they uh, changed a, around a bit. Although,
1: from what I understand, they didn't actually like meet up and like shag and in, in real life. No, she they hooked up looked... with
2: the uh, tobacco baron. Uh, right, Rolf. Rolf, yes, thank you. Which who doesn't appear in this movie at all? And apparently, she was um, you know, actually married to Kokum uh, beforehand.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so the the guy is almost like the the guy she doesn't want to marry. Like she wants. Like this, this white pure blood, right? She doesn't want the the native in her tribe that she's been arranged that's to marry. That strapping man. She wants this exotic, you know, Disney prince. But in real life, no, she just goes with the traditional marriage and moves off to her little, um, you know, her another village with the person that she marries, that's in another tribe, and then they come and they kidnap her and they, you know, turn her into like an Elizabethan, uh, I guess, like savage turned civilized.
2: I did see some accounts, though, that a lot of people in London at the time actually referred to as being the Virginian, which I don't know if that's derogatory in, you know, 1616 or not, but uh, just like, oh, someone from Virginia rather than the savage. I mean, I'm sure in some quarters, you know, it depends on who you're talking to, but there there was a, a range of ways people would view her. Always as an outsider, I mean, you know, and again, in Elizabethan or just past elizabethan england uh yeah she's gonna stick out like a sore thumb but uh but anyway just to get to the point i was gonna say the score the music was really good in those parts it made me think of fantasia a little bit kind of debussy stuff there were other parts where the score did you know try and like add in the like stereotype sounding like indian music which that wasn't so great but there were a couple moments of the score that like stuck out to me in this one so just just while we're slamming the (laughs) <laughs> the music is being lesser the score was better
1: <laughs> and there was also I, I could see a very distinct amount of polish in this one and formula and like there was there's a couple in particular but the very cameo where they show pocahontas for the first time it's like they've already kind of done some of the credits like the movie kind of already started it kind of already got established and then someone calls out her name and they're like pocahontas and the camera does this like fast you know like sweeping motion and it comes up on her and then like right as the the movie like really officially starts she, she's like standing on a ledge, and she like turns and she looks over her shoulder right at the camera and it zooms in and it just feels like and that's the picture that's gonna go on to the lunch boxes and the t-shirts and the happy meals and everything and it did
2: but if it just felt
1: <laughs> it, it, yeah, dude, if it, it was like a flash splash page, but it felt like it was so like meticulously planned out to do that thing. And I think this this maybe plays into the Lion King versus Pocahontas, which um, we've seen this dynamic a few times where Disney thinks they've got an A team and or an A movie and a B movie. And sometimes the B movies like their triple, you know, hitter versus the a movie ends up being like okay yeah it wasn't bad but it it didn't necessarily kill the box office
2: it is interesting just with uh naming because it's pocahontas the tribe's calling her which apparently i'm I'm looking here was a childhood nickname basically meaning playful one but like what's in a name is interesting because her real name it seems was matal i it's spelled m-a-t-o-a-x so i'm not quite sure how you say that but like that would be her actual name and then the once she went to England, her name was changed to Rebecca. So Pocahontas yeah. is kind of a fleeting nickname. It's it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you're still known four hundred, five hundred years in the future under a different name, is that is that cool? With Maybe, you?
1: but but I think Mattel it stood for like born between two rivers. So I mean, at that point, it's it's very factual. It's like instead of you know you having your name Matt it's just like you know born between. Two streets or something and then after your personality develops then you get a nickname that reflects that i kind of like that better it probably makes tracing people's genealogy horrible but when you don't have a written record like native americans i guess it's it doesn't matter right uh when Although you don't I, have a written record of anything
2: sorry i'm getting a little deeper here just like well looking at names you know maybe she got up to 50 names like a Sumerian god, but there's also <laughs> born, born Amanute. So we have yet another name. So maybe there's a kidnapping name, a birth name, a kidnapping name, a, or a- getting married in another village name, and then a kidnapping name. So you know, maybe so. that
1: maybe the burn one was the born between two rivers one, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, she's like she's like a bang, uh, clan member at this point she's got like four and, different names
2: yeah 20 20 years old and four different names is uh, some kind of accomplishment i guess
1: <laughs> i guess i mean it doesn't seem like that hard of a flex anyone can have four names it's not that big of a deal
2: yeah yeah it's when you get up to 50 you gotta have 50 to be a god <laughs> so <laughs> i always like that role I, I think that there should be more of part of the popular culture um I guess we're a little bit pressed for time today. So, do you want to? I'm just kind of like riffing on the general inaccuracy slash changes. But uh, do you want to delve a little deeper?
1: Well, oh, I just want to get right into Grandmother Willow, I guess, and sure. figure out what's John Smith tripping because I feel like he was given something as they descend into that little platform where Grandmother Willow's at, and then all of a sudden he can start talking to the tree because she's like, "Listen, can you hear?" And he's like, I don't think so. And she's like, you know, go, yeah, just just listen. And then all of a sudden the tree comes back to life and starts talking to him. And I feel like that might, they probably left out the part where he gets some peyote or whatever it is that they give him. But that's definitely happening in there.
2: Yeah, I can't quite find my note on it, but I know I, I wrote something about the mushies in there. So <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what grows in Virginia. So that's that's thing about, was it mycology, Like, it's, it's what you want is probably not far away but it looks like the thing that will kill you so you really have to know what you're doing
1: <laughs> yeah uh, mycology the study of mushrooms um, so I don't know yeah I don't know if it would have been a mushroom if it could have because even if it wasn't from the desert right even if they don't have peyote cactus there there was a trade uh, of peyote buttons that predates um, any kind of colonization like when we showed up that was this like well established sort of trade that had already existed and predated anyone else uh from being around and in fact they like we kind of left that in place for the longest time until i think the early 1900s or the late 1800s and they started clamping down on it and they were like okay now it's illegal if you get caught with these little peyote buttons and this mess I
2: i would imagine that at this time i mean the trade would probably be going on but probably quite a bit broken down you know but, uh, anyway, my first thought was Virginia Woods seemed like they'd have some, some mushrooms that would do the trick. And uh, yeah, I totally got that vibe when, um, especially when John Smith meets, uh, grandmother willow. So have you made friends with any trees?
1: Uh, I mean, they're cool, but they're just not great at conversation. So not, not so much. Like I've got nothing, I got no beef with trees, but I don't have any really close friends that are trees.
2: Okay. I, 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 I know a few shrine trees, you know, you japan you can hang around a shrine or a temple and that's fine and you know there's always a massive very old tree so that's something here that has sort of the grandmother willow vibe um it sounds like they've got
1: high body counts though was that so like a shrine tree would have a high body count like there's everyone's going to that tree and touching it and and talking to it
2: it's a real big tree though so there's lots of places you can you can get there no no the nice thing is you go and it's a nice quiet place I, i do remember going back to america after living in Japan a while and kind of being bummed out that we didn't have like shrines and temples around, uh, you can't just stumble and you probably don't want to just stumble into a church. So, and it's not the same. <laughs> Again, I guess it's a more natural thing. I guess, I guess Japan sort of did the uh, Cherokee Nation thing like a little bit more successfully. But it helps that Japan is surrounded by water where the Cherokee Nation was like on land that America wanted without any impediments.
1: Yeah, and, and also, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on uh, Japanese history and, and American history, especially Native American history, but Native American history was far more splintered with way more different tribes and cultures and interwar that had been going. Like there. there was... Hatfield and McCoy style, um, you know, adversaries happening in the in the nations way before, again, the Hatfield McCoy existed, because that's kind of what people do. And I feel like just the amount of diversity and, and the large spread that it kind of could go across, maybe it like Japan's would pale in comparison, right? Because we're talking about like your closet versus a super Walmart
2: basically that sounds accurate we do have the ainu which now live in like the northern part of hokkaido which is a previous people in, in northern japan so they were kind of pushed up and their culture is distinctly different i visited hokkaido a few years ago and you could see the art their script and it's like not japanese at all it's completely different you know and, now, uh,
1: Ru- now that you're saying that though I'm, I'm kind of of seeing this analogy between like the last samurai and pocahontas in a way where it's like Here's the here's a portrayal of the last big stand, or maybe leading up to this last big stand of this like I guess quote unquote noble peoples that just have inferior tech and they're about to get mowed the F down. Like they've got absolutely like even in this uh in Pocahontas when they've got the musical going and it's like the the colonizers have got, you know, the Virginians have got like the guns and the cannons, and they're like, you know, we're going off to war. And then it shows the Indians, and they've got like the spikes you know they've got like arrowheads on sticks and it's just like this is not gonna go well for one of you guys like um, i know i've got you know like hindsight is 2020 but (laughs) i i feel like you're just you're about to watch like a very horrendous what was the holy mountain when like you're like you see the frogs and the iguanas and you're just like this is not gonna go well for one of you guys (laughs) <laughs> and actually honestly that might even be the same time period we're talking about that scene in holy mountain with the conquistadors is i don't know it's i want to say it's like within 100 years
2: yeah i guess the other one that gets thrown out a lot uh with pocahontas being the earlier one uh i, I guess people like to lay a bunch of movies on avatar but this is one of the ones that they're like oh avatar is kind of riffing off pocahontas and what's the other one on this one yeah Fern, you, I'm die. Okay, okay that's that's cool they got yeah more of the uh the the creatures and stuff but I, I definitely got a bit of i see where they're coming from having watched pocahontas last night um i'd say it's more like a that's one of the archetypes sort of things more than anything else but
1: and also i wanted to i wanted to make a very specific note that that the movie pocahontas clearly does not take the same approach as the secret where when the uh, the colonizers show up in the big boats, like, no one can see them. That's what's happening here? Because I don't know if, you've, if you're if you familiar with this theory. Um, that I, and the, the secret popularized it, but it's that if something happens in your life that is so outside of the norm that some people can't even perceive it, like, their brain doesn't understand how to put the things together. I think it's complete BS <laughs> because... When an object blocks the sun from your view and prevents light from passing through it, I feel like everyone would notice at the very least, like, oh, shadow's happening. Light is no longer passing through where light normally passes through. You might not realize it's a boat, but you'll be like thing in way of sun. I don't know, but...
2: I I actually like that scene because, yeah, I've heard that before. Like, you know, I see people standing on the beach and seeing the boats coming and like Of course, you could tell it's a boat, but I did like how, okay, I could see like for a minute, you're working it out, you know, having just seen the sails, that would definitely be confusing for a few minutes. Once you, you know, once it comes closer, you can at least work out like this is a boat. I mean,
1: (laughs) what do you think is a more exciting product launch? Was, Was it the Native Americans seeing the boats for the first time? Or was it Steve Jobs announcing the iPhone?
2: Mm, I, I like the Danny Boyle movie. Okay, I guess so. Can, can I choose the, that, that <laughs> movie? Actually, I don't love it, but it's it's fine. Uh, in the near <laughs> the, future, I, we
1: can combine the two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Apple sales, solar sales, like in, in Tron. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I should be making producing things for for Apple now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would I like to see with my own eyes? I'd like to see sales for the first time and not know what they are for a few minutes. <laughs>
1: But like, at what point do you start seeing them? And again, I think I think it's all BS. I think you see it right away. You just don't know what it is. The like
2: mean, One one of my paths home, there's like a little stone shrine on a corner, and every time I think someone's standing there, you know, I should know it's there. I know it's coming, but every time it just looks like a person, and then a few steps farther, and it's clearly a piece of stone. So <laughs> it fools me for at least a split second every time.
1: <laughs> well, you've programmed yourself into it now too.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe I'd be disappointed if I just was like, "Hey, there's there's a bit of stone." I don't know. <laughs> um sorry, I we, we got a, a very tangenty, but you were I don't know if you got to everything you wanted to say about Grandmother Willow there, or unless it was just the mushies. Uh yeah, I mean
1: the mushies and and just again this uh this concept of the native Americans being closer to mother earth and therefore more noble and more wise and everything. And I, and I understand it and I don't argue against living in complete, you know, cohesion with nature, but devil's advocate. I really like central air. Like I like it a lot, like more than just a lot central air. I feel like should almost be on a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, especially living in Florida And I just, I don't know, every time that someone starts romanticizing like, oh, we just live in teepees and canoes and we're like one with nature, like sometimes nature really sucks. And like even having a house uh, that's that's more or less protected from the elements, even then the elements still really suck. And I don't know. I don't know if I would cut, maybe I just wouldn't cut it back in the day, but I'm just trying to imagine myself living in a time where I'm just out in the woods and just like every time you need water you have to go and walk somewhere to get the water and and like every time you got to do anything you have to go to the place where that thing is done and like there's not a centralized anything like at the best you might have it centralized to your your town like your village but now we're on a point where like people have a fridge in the room that they're in right like there's they've centralized it so much to where like you don't even have to leave your room to get everything you need and if you don't have a fridge in the room, you've got one in your house. So you don't have to leave your house to do it. And if you don't have one in your house, you probably do. You've probably got a gas station on your block, right? So like every micro and macrocosm and current civilization, like you always got a Mountain Dew within arm's reach, essentially. But as a Native American, like you'd have to, I don't know, you'd have to go all the way to the river to get the Mountain Dew.
2: I mean, Europeans are pretty close to that as well. I mean, they're, you know, have i would say bit.
1: modern days europeans are savages
2: <laughs> modern to po- what now or pocahontas
1: <laughs> well now starting then but still continuing i really do think if there's a litmus test it's it starts around centralized there do you have you normalized centralized there and i and i'm including california in this too i think a lot of people in california are complete savages
0: <laughs>
2: hot takes but yeah, that's cool um Oh, where was my train of thought there? Saturdays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just living in this at this time would be rough, and I mean, you know, kings are having very cold, gnarly like times to the toilet in winter. You know, uh, you you have a much more royal experience using the the restroom in winter than a a king and, uh, in Elizabethan England.
1: Well, and someone <laughs> made queen. this this great point the other day, and I've I've I love this, and it's that. Like, even someone living in pr- in pretty much abject poverty today in almost any country in the world, let's just say America, because it's the greatest poorest country in the world. But uh, even, like, in abject poverty in America right now, you probably have a more comfortable life than, like, a king in the 1400s. Um, because that king, like, even if they had people waiting on them and they, like, like, they still had to put on, you know, 20 pairs of pants, and they still had to, like, not have any sort of luxuries outside of, you know, like, manual servants. Um, so the fact that we've got all these extra modern-day luxuries, it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy that, like, just going back 200 years, like, you you might rather be poor today than be rich 200 years ago.
2: I do wonder where the upticks were, like, would the Roman Republic or Empire be a uptick? I mean, there's probably, you know, uh, looking at the Hero of Alexandria thing, there's definitely technologies we weren't familiar with. Well,
1: so, Aqueducts right. is a big one. If you can get fresh water in and bad water out and not have to mess around with it in the interim, that's a huge, that's like a quantum leap forward in being able to create civilizations and focus on more important stuff, you know, like memes.
2: Right. And I guess that's people's fascination with ancient Egypt, you know, possible before that civilization, you know, before getting, um, was it whapped with an asteroid? It's been a while since I, I've been thinking about the 10,800 years thing, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, something like that would definitely reset all of us. So, uh, where, where, do, where do you place Atlantis? What's your location?
1: I mean, I, I I would guess I would lean towards the Manly Palmer Hall aspect where like Atlantis was that like America, it's the new world and it always was.
2: Okay. I I put it, I've always considered the Bimini Road, I guess it was that Bahamas area and then the the Faroe Islands being like strong contenders, I guess. Also in the American direction, of course, but yeah.
1: What about Mu and Lemuria? Do you think those are all the same thing, or are those their own individual um, sort of continents?
2: I sort of picked up that would be the more like over here, you know, the uh, Pacific thing is how I've always picked up on the Mu-Lemuria thing. So, um, the idea of being, you know, like, actually from Japan all the way out to some Polynesian islands would have been a more substantial bit of land. I mean, there's a what uh zealandia is it there's a whole bunch of used was recently land near uh new zealand so
1: i like zoolandia that's my favorite
2: oh yeah yeah that's great yeah that was good that was a fun movie we'll get to that one <laughs> zootopia excuse me zoolandia that'd be a good name for a movie too, though. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain uh, what else i mean here.
1: this one was just a silly note but the whole scene when um ratcliffe was commanding everyone to dig up and find gold and they were like chopping down trees and putting up fences i was just like i really want to play um what's the what's the microsoft rts game the age of empires i was like i want to play age of empires all of a sudden like this is (laughs) this is my jam like i guess if i had to live back then i would thrive at just cutting down trees and decimating the environment and building forts and stuff that sounds so cool like like
2: actual minecraft have you ever uh, visited the jamestown recreation
1: i have i've I've been to a few like colonies uh, mostly i went in like cooperstown and albany and like a lot of in like new york and upstate area i haven't done any of the other ones and like i would love to go to roanoke for example but yeah and i think i've been to like charleston but i haven't done the virginia area yet
2: well, um, the Jamestown one, I mean there there's the Williamsburg thing, which is somewhat well known. Uh, and then they've you know rebuilt the Jamestown fort because the original obviously has not been there for some time, but that's kind of fascinating just to see you know probably doesn't look exactly like it would have, but just the rusticness. I mean it's only it's li- probably living worse than the tribes were around there at the time. Um, this is also the location where about the time of Pocahontas, Uh, maybe just before was the whole um, Disney's America debacle. Uh, You've heard of this one.
1: You have to inform me.
2: Uh, One of Eisner's things was he wanted to build kind of a half-sized amusement park uh, near Williamsburg that would celebrate American history. They would have built another Hall of Presidents. They're going to have like a roller coaster that went through a steel mill or something, but it would have been like basically Pocahontas style history. And what what the real shame of it? So it, it didn't open because Frank Wells dies. Uh, Euro Disney's doing crap. Meis, Eisner has a heart attack. The people are like, you're building it on the battlefield, which wasn't quite true. They're building it next to the Civil War battlefield, but uh, the locals. Didn't it would have like brought it.
1: more attention to the real battlefield, guaranteed.
2: It would have it would have but they were and i think now it's just like that land is now has strip malls and stuff on anyway so right yeah yeah
1: that's it's such a silly argument when people do that i mean if it's a walmart i can understand if it's if it's freaking disney world like let them in dude like they're the (laughs) masters of the universe let them in
2: so what we would have gotten is a theme park uh prop let's let's say probably like hollywood studio sized Uh, i guess it's maybe what we're thinking of here um With 1995 Pocahontas American History filters. How fun would it be to visit that in
1: 2023? (laughs) I'm in, man. I mean, in all seriousness, Disney Pocahontas is a little bit of a baddie. So that would be a cool concept to just run a whole theme park around.
2: Because I feel like they don't don't completely sweep this one under the rug or anything. But it's not like their frontline movie anymore. But if you have built a massive, expensive theme park, you can't just like pretend that's not there.
1: <laughs> well, look how long Splash Mountain stuck around and even up until the very end and they do the, the whole zip diddy dee doo and uh, as you would exit they'd have, I think for a while they had Uncle Remus, but it was like a silhouette of Uncle Remus. It wasn't like his picture. And then over time they took the silhouette away and then they got rid of the song and then they changed it and then eventually they, now it's converted into something else, isn't it?
2: They're turning into, a, um, is it Tiana from Princess and the Frog? it's going to be a tiana ride
1: i guess whatever it's freaking He's... splash mountain dude it was what are they going to do that's going to be more terrifying than the the freaking um the the big like bush that you fought i can't remember the name of the stupid briar the briar patch like what's going to be cooler than imagining if i stood up right now i i would actually get impaled here at disney world like not in a cartoon world here in disney world if i stand up and i stick my arm up like, I'll probably die or be maimed. Like, I, that always was the coolest part of that whole park was that it felt like you could get really hurt at Splash Mountain.
2: Ernest P. Worrell was certainly worried about it. If you've ever seen that special, have you seen that one?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: Oh, you, that's on YouTube. It's um, Ernest uh, preparing himself for Splash Mountain. It was a TV oh thing uh, they like, do, like, like
1: Ernest and like uh yeah yeah. yeah yeah
2: but there's a sequence where it shows him going and it shows him being completely traumatized by the drop and it's pretty <laughs> funny like with flashing lights and all that sort of stuff um we still it's, have it's the best in Japan, ride by all the, way. the
1: disney parks by
2: far it, we still we still got it in Tokyo Disney, by the way. Except they sing they and I think they still sing Zippity Doodah to you, but in Japanese. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be clear, Uncle Remus and Zippity Doodah is not my favorite part of that ride. It was just an interest because I remember at the end, like at when I was a kid, like who's the the silhouette and we're, like, hung in the south a, a few times because I think they played it on the Disney Channel like in the 90s. So they it did. wasn't like it wasn't completely hidden yet. Uh, and I remember the crows and the crows are even in... Uh, anyways, I don't want to turn into the Splash Mountain episode, but yeah. No,
2: I, but yeah, I'm from Atlanta, right? I mean, uh, so one, it was fun to hear like kind of Atlanta lore being done in Japanese. And two, I mean, in the 90s, yeah, you could go into the Atlanta History Center and they'd have a very large uh, section uh, for books and memorabilia and cups and keychains. Uh, not on the Disney version, of course, but on the, the original books, which, you know, I mean, I mean, if you were to compare the two, the books are probably more problematic, but, uh, that's the whole Huckleberry Finn argument, I guess there. So, (laughs) um, but
1: I've heard heard some hot takes on Huckleberry lately.
2: (laughs) I mean, I read it in high school. I I, I got through without too much pain. The only book I just couldn't make it through. And I guessed on the test was great expectations, which was not what I expected. So (laughs) that's when I just tapped out on, (laughs) um, Did you have any other points in your notes? I know we have about eh, 10 minutes. uh, So if you have a Uh, a zinger for us.
1: I do like when John Smith is telling her, like, we'll we'll show you how to use your land better. Uh, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings. I, I really do have mixed feelings on the difference between just living in perfect harmony with nature versus just completely dominating nature and showing nature, like who the hell's boss of this place. Um, and it's a very i don't know it's a very like christian versus uh i guess that i don't i guess the native americans don't count as pagan, right um but like it's a it's this very like christian versus native approach of like one was that everything is ours like all of this is mine someone made this for me versus like we're all in this together and there's a spirit stone and there's a spirit in the wolf and there's a spirit in the wind and um, I don't know I feel in a, in a very maybe ignorant way but doesn't that delude spirit like if a, if a rock has a freaking spirit like what is a spirit at that point if everything's got a freaking spirit then what the hell's a spirit anymore versus well, that is
2: what Japan's enshrining you know like when I go to those shrines it's enshrining that tree or it's enshrining this particular mountain you know
1: so what about like like um, the curtain that's behind you right now does that have if- a spirit
2: if I felt compelled, if I felt compelled about that spirit and wanted to build a shrine for my curtain, I guess that would be considered acceptable. Probably be a very small shrine. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I don't uh-huh. know. It'll take quantum physics. There's no actual division between anything and anything else, right? So,
1: <laughs> and uh, again, I just, I guess, I don't, don't want to harp on it too much, but this this line just irritates the hell out of me. Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? And again, I'm just thinking like, no, can you, can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Because this that is feels a ghostbuster
2: like... situation. <laughs> if someone asks you if you're a God, you say yes.
1: Right. Yeah, I guess so.
2: <laughs> yeah. If someone asks you if you can paint with all the colors of the wind, you say yes. Right.
1: And, and again, that would just stop that, that whole song. Like, let's say she goes on the extended version and it goes on for three or four minutes. And then after she's done, you just go actually. Yeah. Yeah. I can. All those Watch things that me. you just said, <laughs> all those rhetorical questions that you thought you knew the answer to because you were, you know, had all these preconceived notions because you saw this white colonizer come off the boat and start shooting people. You were like, what a heathen. It's like, no, I'm actually well-educated, well-spoken, and I murder people. But, like, <laughs> all of those things can be true. It doesn't, I don't know. I, I It irritates me that she thought she was so much better because she claimed... And she wasn't even claiming she could paint with all the spirits. It was just, again, a rhetorical question that annoyed me. (laughs) Screw you, Disney Pocahontas.
2: So, good point. Screw you, Disney Pocahontas. I I guess how much of a disconnect, and this is more of a question just for you, but um, does it disconnect for you that none of these characters seem to be even slightly accurate? And we're missing very important characters as well. This is every
1: Disney movie though, man. Like, like I guess the biggest one, and this is new to me. Like I only started uh, learning this as we started doing this show together, but jungle book in particular is the one that I can't shake with the concept of like Disney hires the people and he's telling them, do not watch the original. Don't read the book. Like, I don't want you to know anything about the, the source material because this isn't Jungle Book. This is Disney's Jungle Book. Um, and we're just taking the template. We're just taking like... We're buying the, the brand name of another company. We're shelling it. We're firing everybody. We're bringing in new management. We're establishing an entirely new product line. and assembly line and everything. But we're going to keep the branding. Because the branding is what makes all the difference. right? That's essentially what Disney kept doing over and over again. So at this point... It's almost our fault if we don't see that going into a movie, that it's going to be completely inverted and changed and everything.
2: I guess the difference here is it's historical. Whereas if I take Kipling's book and I feel like warping it in any way I want to, eh, that's an artistic decision in the end. Whereas this one is actually like, here's a historical movie that is completely inaccurate. (laughs)
1: maybe although how much of the like the historical record is even accurate because if you look into the the history of pocahontas apparently all of like the records that might have had any information about any of like the real facts written down it it, it burned down mysteriously um so i don't know man i don't like is pocahontas even a real person <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> is shakespeare a real person no i you know i just scratched the su- surface and found like you know, eight conflicting stories here, none right. of which are the ones that we see in this movie. Which, hey, maybe that legitimizes the movie more. But uh there's <laughs> a ninth one that we just made up now.
1: <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's interesting. There's I like how problematic it is, but they do it with with a little bit of grace. It's weird how quickly she falls in love with this guy. Like he doesn't have any really redeeming qualities other than he doesn't kill her the first time he sees her that's like the best redeeming quality that i guess he's got in this situation i
2: love him because he didn't kill me that yeah that's a bad way to start a relationship
1: (laughs) and then yeah and then like she english within like 30 seconds and i'm not sure i understand if that's if it's explained like there's a set there's a weird segue where it looks like she's speaking in english just so the audience can understand because he doesn't understand her but then like all that's resolved within like one conversation like two or three sentences later now all of a sudden like they're fluently communicating with each other
2: i wrote that this follows star trek rules which i thought was funny <laughs> yeah Just whatever i mean it, it arrogant makes arrogant sense
1: chit-chat. we don't need to describe like... the whole process of how languages assimilate and communication evolves like that's not the movie here
2: was I, I was and, reading an article just yesterday where people were apparently like having a conversation with humpback whales like like if we can have a conversation with them if we ever do you know, encounter aliens on a mass scale like we now we know how to do it so that's kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> my
1: my final note on this one was and I again I'm not a, an American history major I, I got a C I think May, it might have been a D I passed like I, I got a diploma and everything. But in the end of this movie, like they're going to go and they're going to hurt John Smith. Like they're going to take a a dagger to him. And Pocahontas like throws herself on top of him and she basically stops it. And she stops this whole war between the the two factions. And even the chief is like, you know, this Pocahontas is wise behind her years. She brings like understanding and compassion to this the situation where like all these different people, like they're just bringing war and aggression to it. And she stands up and she basically proclaims with her chief, the father uh, from this day forth, there will be no more killing. And I didn't, I hadn't have enough time to do much research, but I assume that that's, that's how it happened. Right? Like after that happened, there wasn't any more fighting. I don't think Um, they just got like the sniffles from blankets. I don't know the whole story, but I don't think there was any other bloodshed and they just all lived happily ever after so
2: okay um i I guess we do need to shut it down today but my last thought just because we haven't said it during the whole podcast is is... mel gibson is here okay that's all for that
1: (laughs) was mel gibson in this movie
2: yeah he's voice of john smith
1: i didn't even know that oh this makes it so much okay now we have to redo this episode we'll do a part two (laughs) <laughs> Where we're gonna reinterpret it as Mel Gibson and uh, Tunnel Jews.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say um he, he's he's fine with the Natos, but do not ask about the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if you hey, if you want to get on about a little more, we could do that. But uh, I guess for today, you have a minute before you have another plan. So do you want to to plug it out real quick? <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I mean, yeah, Paranoid American, Cold Disney, we're going to ramp these up. Uh a- maybe we'll start ramping them up and getting more knocked out because Disney sure as hell didn't slow down uh in the 90s the 2000s. If anything, they Ooh. just started throwing gas <laughs> on the fire. So, we're going to throw gas on the fire. Come check it out, Cold Disney. Go sign up to uh to Matt's Patreon. Uh and yeah, do Podcastio yourself a favor, Podcastio
2: Podcastius, just to shout that out. Yeah, that's Podcastio Podcastius on Patreon. Um, and now I'll throw out the uh, rovingsagemusic.bandcamp.com because I have a lot of music there. If anyone wants to hear that, some of us with, with weird conspiracy-based lyrics. So, okay, out till next time. Next time we're getting to the the Toy Story, I believe. So, oh, is is a, Toy
1: Story next? Okay, I
2: believe that is next. So All right, we'll, I'm gonna we'll have re- to prepare for that. I,
1: I feel like I might have like a whole like PhD level. Like theory dissertation developing over to our
2: story so yeah, that's a great one for it so <laughs> i've got I've got
1: some work cut ahead let's Let's plan for that one uh, to be m- m- over an hour for sure, so radio,
2: okay. all right i'll Later. I'll leave us
1: out on one of my new commercials
2: okay
0: seek <laughs> killers. Killers, out all your conspiracy. Paranoid American Snickers. They'll make you smile and snicker. False friends and secret society. All of these and more are sticker Sheets. Explore the unique with Paranoid American Sticker Sheets. Unearth tales of cryptids, cults, and mysteries through each sticker. These won't last long. Get yours now at
1: ParanoidAmerican.com.
0: American stickers, cryptids, cults, and killers, killers, we got all your favorite conspiracies, all of heaven and more on our sticker sheets, yeah, we're North American stickers, they make you smile and sticker, all secret societies, all of these and more on our sticker sheets. What the heck are you waiting for? Discover the extraordinary with paranoid American sticker sheets. From cryptids in the night to cults out of sight, each sticker is a unique find. Get yours now at
2: paranoidamerican.com.